0: 12 p.m. right here at KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM, which means it's time for Arabology for the next two hours. We'll be going on a virtual musical carpet ride across the Arabian Peninsula and beyond. So uh, please stay with me. I'm your DJ Ramsey. And for the next two hours, we'll be listening to, uh, well, alternative and indie sounds coming in from the region. Instrumentals and interviews included. Okay, in foreign is the song you're hearing right now. It's called Wayne El Ahwe. Well, it's coffee time, apparently. Arabian coffee, that is. And you're listening to a remix there. It's uh, by uh, uh, two amazing, amazing musicians. They are Zayed Hamdan and Ma- and Mark Hutsi. No strangers to the Lebanese. Well, an indie music scene in general. This is kind of their uh, mix of a very, very uh, interesting song. It started out at the commercial for Café Super Brazil. And then uh, I guess the, the tune was so addicting and so popular that they turned it into an extended remix and uh, it was uh, uh, released I guess uh, through the internet and it has a lot of success so marhaba uh, to Zaid Hamdan and Mark Kutsi and we're waiting for the Ahwe guys And on this special episode, we're going to have interviews too. So stay tuned with some of the Arab world's most talented new young musicians who are fusing East and West together in perfect harmony. start things off, why don't we go to Egypt and hear this kind of new sound that's coming out of Egypt. It's very like melody, it's very folksy, but it's also very techno and electronic at the same time, and just the uh, two uh, genres that you never thought you could uh, marry together are actually uh, being married to each other in Egypt through the music of uh, uh, Sadat and 50. Uh, so have you heard of them? They are amazing. The song is called Am Yachal. And it's going to make you dance, so whatever you're doing, make sure you're not, like, carrying a tray or anything, because it's really going to shake you in a good way. And here we go. That's the start of today's episode of Aerobology, coming to you from KZSU Stanford, 90.1 FM. <laughs>
1: بيت طول غلطه الناس بتقول غايبه بقى فاكرين الدنيا ركوبه والعيشه بقت عقوبه بنطلع منها بسبوبه الناس 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 عايشه وخلاص الناس بتقع على الناس 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 عايشه بلومه تا الدنيا دي بتاعه ما بتتشمت صحبتها اي حد يثبتها الناس 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 i <laughs>
2: مش الماما مش عنيف مش هسوي عينيها زرق بس كعريس بفضل عينيها زرق مش محلك تأقرر مش محلك بس حاجر مش محلك لو محلك كنت بحر يا حريه وعدل لكل طرف هنا يا بنبلش متل شباب على شرف عيلة عم نتحشر فيها بمصر وبنتهذب بالليل بنتشر فيها في امريكا وبنتهذب بالهند وبنرشها بتطعمي الاولاد وتربي البين بنحكي سوبر ومنو ولا بنحكي عن ايه مش الامراه ان الخارقه انا هو خارق خارق القانون خارق
1: ضربت أختي اهلي زقفولي حكولي اني زلم كبير اعطوني تضخيم هي اصبحت مسالمة واقفه قدام كارات كير من اختي لنساء العالم بدي كل شي حالا في الشي بفيش غلي بلبسك بوكسي بشتري لك مكياج عشان تبيني قدام العالم المساوى لقيها عند ربوكي طفشت حكت اكيد بيحموني الدم ولا عمره بصير ماي بس اللي خلفوها طلعو مثل اللي أفولي رجعوا لي إياها دفشت حلبة المصارع بدي أرقص معاها شريك حياة بس أغلب الأحيان أنا مجرم معاها أنا عاني
3: في العاخر بالثلاثة طالب ذلد عشر مالة بالحائط تجلي أنا كل شيء أنا ولا شي بأتقول لي من أنت أنا حكي نتوان في ميتة لام أنا رعي في ماذا جيب سوفيان شارك وعار أنا كل شيء أنا ولا شي بأتقول لي من أنت أنا
4: كتبت القصائد I'm
5: director of the Arabian Shakespeare Festival, and this December, running for eight shows only, please join us for the world premiere of We Made Bread, a one-woman show starring Kuwaiti actress Nadia Ahmad, written by Jennifer LeBlanc, directed by Luann Moldovan. We Made Bread tells the untold, true stories celebrating the bravery and strength of the women of Kuwait during the Gulf War as they struggled to survive and maintain their country in the face of overwhelming circumstances. Tickets available at www.arabianshakes.org. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Arabology Show. You're listening to DJ Ramsey and let's see what we just
0: played for you. It was uh, an amazing song there by the group uh, Dam, spelled the D-A-M. Now I guess uh, it stands for The Arab MCs. I'm not quite sure. It's uh, one of their new singles and it addresses socially constructed gender roles and women's rights all in this song. And of course it's a uh, joint effort between uh, the group Dam and uh, the amazing female vocalist you heard, whose name is Maisa Daw, this uh, song uh, called Who You Are, Mean Inta in Arabic, and uh, you can uh, watch the video clip on YouTube where you will see gender reversal at its best. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm going to turn now to two groups that you may not have heard of, but I'd like to introduce them to you. The first one is called the Chibiz Daouleh and they are making quite a stir in the Arab world and beyond and uh, the uh, second group they are called Ashara Gharbi so uh, stay with me after the two songs I'll tell you why these groups are so important and so interesting right here on the Arabology show coming to you from KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM (laughs)
6: days is a
0: Yeah, That's a beautiful song. There, very sort of subversive in a way. It sounds. I think it was like a children's nursery rhyme that was changed into a, kind of a political anthem there, with the lyrics reversed. And it's a tribute to Egypt, uh, hoping that uh, better times for Egypt are on the horizon. It's called Masri, and it's uh, t- it's by the uh, group Asara Garbi. And uh, before that, of course, you heard the song uh, by. Khibiz uh, Dawleh. It was called B'Tammar. And uh, let me tell you about Khibiz Dawleh. They're a Syrian five member rock band. They were founded in Damascus, Syria in, the in uh, well, the la- latter part of 2012. They have one album so far. It's a self-titled album. And from that we heard uh, the song uh, B'Tammar. And hopefully you enjoyed it. Uh, quite a political moving song there. And if you like it, do check out their, uh, their self-titled album album again their name is Khubiz Dawle. the song is B'tammer, and that was right here on KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM <laughs> you think of that, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Kamil Badarni. The track is called The Aesthetics of Chaos in Arabic Jamaliyat al Fawda. And it was uh, sent to us uh, exclusively right here to the Arabology Show by this amazing rapper and songwriter. Uh, Here's what he said. uh, I'm glad to share with you my new piece of music, which, uh, by the way, comes with a video clip. They've been filmed in Nazareth. And if you like the work, uh, he would like you to sort of disseminate and spread the word. He's an amazing young musician who's sort of like a very independent and uh, making, uh, well, quite a mark on the alternative music scene. And uh, he reflects on reflection, saying that reflection might be the best description for the music tracks that are shown on his YouTube channel, as those tracks are an attempt to document what goes around in his daily social and political experiences in the material world and in the public space and the different psychological and mental influences of the experiences upon the mind and the body on the other hand. Again, his name is Kamed Badarni. He uh, is Palestinian. He is a rapper. And uh, thank you so much for that uh, short but amazing track. Uh, definitely check out the video clip, ladies and gentlemen, if you're interested.
5: Hi, this is William Brown, the Artistic Director of the Arabian Shakespeare Festival. And this December, running for eight shows only, please join us for the world premiere of We Made Bread, a one-woman show starring Kuwaiti actress Nadia Ahmad, written by Jennifer LeBlanc, directed by Luann Moldovan. We Made Bread tells the untold true stories celebrating the bravery and strength of the women of Kuwait during the Gulf War as they struggled to survive and maintain their country in the face of overwhelming circumstances. Tickets available at www.arabianshakes.org. Ladies and gentlemen, that was
0: uh, William uh, J. Brown, who is, uh, well, in charge of the Arabian (coughs) Shakespeare Festival. They're doing an amazing job. And as you heard, this December, they're going to be bringing uh, an amazing actress and an amazing uh, figure from uh, Arabic TV. Her name is Nadia Ahmad, and she's coming all the way to San Francisco to, uh, well, star in this one-woman play called We Made Bread. And uh, she'll be in San Francisco, as I said, at the Royce Gallery uh, in uh, December. Nadia is an acclaimed Arab media personality and is known, really, for being one of the women who host a show called Kalam Nawaim. Now, Kalam Nawaim is sort of the Arabic version of the TV show The View, and they've got women of different backgrounds and different uh, opinions getting together and uh, discussing various uh, issues that can raise from the political to the social to the sexual uh, on uh, the occasion of uh, Nadia Ahmad's uh, upcoming arrival to San Francisco to present her one-woman play in December. I thought we would listen to an interview that I conducted with Nadia Ahmad. Hopefully that will pique your interest and have you come and attend the play next month. This is KZSU Stanford, 90.1 FM. I am delighted and honored today to welcome to the studio the one and only Nadia Ahmed, who is here at Stanford for the first time and who will be speaking with us about her upcoming project, We Made Bread, as well as her amazing career in the Arab world. I'll be speaking to Nadia in a moment, but let me tell you a little bit about her. She's an acclaimed Arab media personality and actress whose experiences intersects theater, film, and television. She co-hosts Kalam Nawaim, the NBC Network's premier talk show, which has been compared to The View. We'll talk about that. And uh, it's also the longest-running and consistently highest-rated television talk show in the Arab world. Nadia has performed with great panache on stages in Kuwait, Beirut, and New York, winning uh, critical acclaim. And as a producer and director, she continues to develop major music theater productions in association with the National Council of Arts and Culture and Al-Diwan al-Amiri in Kuwait. As an activist, Nadia helped to co-found the non-profit organization the Lodhan Youth Achievement Center in the wake of September 11th with her mother, Faria al and other progressive and committed women from Kuwaiti society. Nadia graduated from the uh, Newhouse School of Public Communication at Syracuse University, where she earned her Bachelor of Science with honors and a second major in Italian language and literature. Her further education includes the School of Cinematic Arts at the University of Southern California, where she earned her Master's of Fine Arts from the intensely competitive Peter Stark Producing Program. Hello, Sahla Fiki Nadia, welcome.
7: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Hello, Sahla up
7: right to that st- tower.
0: yes ladies and gentlemen you 've been hearing Arabic here on the Arabology <laughs> show, which is of course nadia 's uh, native language as well as mine, but we 'll be conducting the interview today in English because I would really like our listeners to, in America to understand who Nadia uh, Ahmed is and uh, some of the amazing achievements this young woman. has has done at a remarkably young age. Nadia, let's begin, I think, by talking about the reason, uh, one of the reasons you're here in the U.S., and that is the We Made Bread Project. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about the dates and what, it's, what what this is about?
7: Yeah, um, We Made Bread is a one-woman show. I was approached by the uh, Arab Shakespeare Festival by William Brown, uh, who founded the Arab Shakespeare Festival here in San Francisco, to do a one-woman show uh, about the stories of survival from uh, Kuwaiti women during the Iraqi invasion uh, Judy Brown uh, was uh, in Kuwait conducting interviews with a few prominent women in our society mm-hmm. and women who had quite uh, um, powerful stories of uh, of you know you know not just survival but of persistence of perseverance of strength um, that that as you said uh, shatters the 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 stigma or the image mm-hmm. or the or the Right. stereotype that people have of of Arab women, that we are oppressed, that we are weak, that we don't have a voice. Um, also, thank you for giving us a voice here in San Francisco with this
8: <laughs> well, beautiful show. thank you show. for giving
0: us a voice across the world, <laughs> Nadia.
8: <laughs>
7: and so, so yes, yeah, so this project, was uh, it was it was such a wonderful honor to be approached uh, to do it, and we get to show it in December, uh, between the 10th and the 20th.
0: And, and that's at the Royce Gallery in San Francisco. Yes. Wow. So one excitement. woman Show you've written this yourself.
7: I haven't written this actually. This was adapted from uh, interviews, as I said, conducted by Judy Brown and uh, written by uh, a very talented actress and director in the Bay Area called Jennifer LeBlanc. Ah. And so um, after I had read the script, and I, you know, I told Will I was definitely very interested in, in, uh, in you know, embodying these stories uh, here in the U.S. Um, uh, I came here for uh, a few for some rehearsal with the director, Luanne, from Portland, Oregon. Uh, and uh, and we started thinking about how to make it come alive mm. uh, in a way that would uh, be universal, that would speak out to women all over the world, and that would also, um, you know, correctly represent Arab women to American audiences.
0: Sure nice. So so you're. it's a one-woman show, but in a way, are you representing many women as a one woman?
7: Yes. So I'll be reading through um, several stories. So it's not... Um, embodying several stories um, and several women's stories wow. from that time so I sort of shift uh, in and out of characters through you know I have one woman who's pregnant so I have to be pregnant oh, for wow. parts of it wow. in the middle of the invasion and I have one woman who's uh, you know who who cleans uh, you know manically cleans the house so, <laughs> so I, I sort of uh, go in and out of these characters uh, which is quite a challenge for me as an actress but um, I'm always up for a challenge and I, I I think it's um,
0: yeah, and what a timely release! I think with yeah. the kind of uh, systematic, uh, stereotypical representation of Arab women, mm-hmm. I think we really need somebody from our region to stand yeah. up and kind of uh, talk about the diversity of Arab women. Because you yourself, Nadia, were you were born in Kuwait?
7: I was indeed born in Kuwait. Yes.
0: And uh, then uh, from Kuwait, you ended up going to America to study, as we as we mentioned. Yeah, yeah. And so to to uh, introduce you. Is kind of difficult for me because I don't do I say actress, do I say talk show host, do I say you know producer? Um, I'm human, sort of a jack
7: of all trades and a master of none. I've sort of put my hands in lots
0: of things, of, I think mistress of all, uh, not of none. But are, are you more comfortable behind the camera or in front of the camera? Usually?
7: I think I'm you know, I've gotten comfortable with both. Um, uh, I've done a lot of theater since um from a very young age, so so the stage was uh, you know, a, a comfort zone for me, and then moving into. To, into cinema because um i felt like you know i could actually tell a lot more stories um through cinema rather than media right, right. and then i i went i um you know ventured into media because a woman's gotta eat
9: yeah
0: yeah no it's i mean it, it is it is wearing many hats and so, yeah. frankly making a name for yourself not only in one genre yeah. but across many many artistic I'm really genres lucky. i'm really
7: lucky yeah.
0: so for for some of the listeners in the U.S. who may not know about Kalam Nawa'im. Now, when I right. say that, people, yeah. you know, I have to tell you, people were very excited that I was interviewing <laughs> Nadia Ahmad from Kalam Nawa'im. And, uh, right. and so it needs no introduction to Arab but viewers women, yeah. but in general. But what about Americans? What can you tell me about that show?
7: Okay, well, um, Kalam Nawa'im is based um, on uh, sort of akin to ABC's The View. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think ABC's The View started about 14 or 15 years ago and uh, Kalam in on NBC started about 13 or 14 years ago so just less than a year I think after ABC started The View and it's proven as it has proven for ABC it's proven to be a format that's that actually works because you have four hosts from different parts of the region Uh, when you're talking about the pan-Arab audience you're talking about you know over 26 27 countries uh, with you know a viewership of over 30 million viewers so um, you're talking about a really wide audience and to have an accurate representation or an accurate um, cross-section of Arab women, you would need more than one host right. and you would need co-hosts from different parts of the region. So we have one who's Lebanese from the Levant area, from your part of town. <laughs> uh, Rania Barhot, who's lovely. Uh, she's got a long history on MVC. We've got uh, from Saudi Arabia, Muna Abu Sulaiman, a very prominent, very educated woman. Uh, she wears the veil. The hijab, and uh, you know, she uh, represents Saudi Arabia and part of the Gulf, uh, as well as me from Kuwait. Um, I'm originally Yemeni as well, uh, and uh, uh, from Egypt we have Elham Wegdi who was uh, Miss Egypt's uh, Miss Egypt 2009. She's wow. a beauty queen. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So you, so that way, the way that ABC has the view, where you have four different women with different backgrounds, different political uh, opinions, different, um, uh, you know, concerns. Uh, You know, socially, politically Uh, So we end up voicing um, You know, we end up becoming the voice of, uh, you know, um, the,
0: the women. Right, right, the a Arab whole world. new generation of women. And I like the diverse backgrounds. I, know, yeah. I like the, the fact that one of the women wears the hijab, for example, right. and represents I, exactly. that segment of society. Um, can you give us an example of some of the perhaps more, I don't want to say controversial, but some of the more intense issues that you have uh, broached Just, at yeah. uh, or during your time with Kalam Nawar?
7: Yeah, I mean, we're really lucky because I think we're we don't uh, shy away from pushing the envelope and being quite frank and direct with our audiences. So being uh, being in the Arab world, I mean, there are some things that might be taboo. However, we won't shy away from some of these things. Yeah. Uh, we will talk about the intimate relationship between a husband and wife at home, uh, you know, sexual issues and things like that. We will talk about social issues and fa- uh, anything that would touch an, an Arab family, any yeah. average Arab family. Uh, we will talk about how to find out if your husband is yeah. cheating on you. <laughs>
8: <laughs> That's uh, a universal thing, the yes. think, right there,
7: <laughs> and uh, and then we will also talk about more serious issues, for example, like ISIS and how ISIS is affecting yeah. our our families and our kids and our youth, and and how we're going, you know, how we we address it, um, as well as various talents, and we get to host uh, lots of uh-huh. lots of wonderful talents, uh-huh. underground talents, the kind that I love, and uh, so
0: beautiful, yeah. So, so do, do do all four women uh, get uh, get along well? Uh, With each other? Yes. (laughs) one (laughs) of those questions people ask me to
7: ask. We always get that question, you know, like they're expecting like some catty, you know, like backstory. (laughs) And I wish, I I always wish I could give, you know, like some amazing Uh, catty backstory, but in fact, we actually all really love each other. Um, uh, I mean, we do, we do disagree on camera a lot, like me and Mona disagree on some key issues and me and Rania might disagree on some key issues, but I think uh, we have a really strong bond of. Camera, which is what what makes um, our audiences love us so much because even though we might disagree in some areas and we might you know argue back and forth we we're just really there for each other we're just a group of good girlfriends.
0: Yeah. yeah, and I think that's the kind of healthy discourse, disagreeing yeah. and yes. debating is what is lacking without necessarily taking it uh, to the next step. So, yeah. uh, bon courage, as they say in French, Merci. keep up the keep up the great work. <laughs> um, Nadia, let's move on a little bit to some of your work um, as a producer. Okay. Um, and I know that you have been heavily involved in sort of uh, illustrating, filming, and bringing to people's attention some of the tragedies going on around the world, whether yeah. they be uh, youth-driven uh, or even uh, places that are plagued by diseases and such. Mm-hmm. Could you tell us a little bit about your um, y- your work in terms of human rights and consciousness raising?
7: Right. Um, well, I prefer instead of shedding light or focusing on um, what the trouble is in our, in our region, um, I prefer always um, shedding or focusing on um, what a positive uh, response to it could be. So instead of, for example, um, I try to avoid talking actually uh, uh, about uh, the ISIS phenomenon. I prefer talking about, you know, what beautiful alternatives there are for our youth instead of being uh, taken into um, circles that could be detrimental to themselves and others. Uh, How about, you know, promoting sports and promoting arts and promoting dance programs and promoting theater and promoting uh, things that could be positive, that could get them uh, engaged with their own creative energies in a way that would be good for them and good for, um, you know, the, the society. Um, volunteer work and, um, you know, community service is, has always been something that was always really important to me. Uh, I've been really lucky. Um, my mother is, is quite a prominent figure also in the Middle East, and she um, uh, she's always pioneered, uh, you know, uh, volunteer service and community service. So it's always been a part of my life. Uh, to give back um, i'm originally from uh yemen and yemen's been very um Troubled uh, politically right. of late. Uh, of late, so I try to focus uh, a light on there and and try to find a way to um, to bring hope to uh, to people in Yemen. So visiting my family there was was amazing last year and wow. reaching out to them and starting a Loyak, Lodan Youth Achievement Center, the yes, nonprofit. Yes, I
0: wanted you to mention that because yeah. that is really making a change. And what can you yeah. just tell us a little bit more about yeah. it and, and perhaps where people can find info about yeah, it?
7: Yeah, yeah. Uh, lodan Youth Achievement Center is a non-profit organization that was founded in 2001 with its first program in 2002 and now has a range of programs and a range of branches all over the Middle East serving um, a a huge cross-section of youth so between the age of 6 years old to the age of 30 uh, empowering them with all sorts of uh, unique opportunities to get them to be uh, leaders in their community so um, uh, internships during the summer or um, uh, what do you call it... Um, a job while they're while they're studying, so mm. like a part time job, yeah. uh, or community service, or, like or arts programs, perhaps, yeah. Uh, yeah, and scholarships for all of these, um, and getting them to get uh, actively involved in their community by giving back. Uh, so we have one in Beirut and one in Jordan, Aloyak wow. in Jordan, and one recently in Yemen, and the the start of it was in Kuwait.
0: But we should we should spell the uh, acronym here. It's L O Y A C. Yeah, we pronounce. That uh, Loyak is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Loyak, And Loyak. it's
7: for any more information, it's loyak.org. For any Arab youth who's looking for opportunities to excel and to become a leader, yeah. um, they should definitely check out www.loyak.org.
0: Bless your heart. <laughs> Let's, uh, I wanted to talk a little bit because you mentioned about, you know, focusing on positive cultural productions coming out of the Arab world. Yeah. And one of the things I was reading about, and I am uh, really, really dying to see, <laughs> Is uh, a documentary about Caracalla, the Lebanese dance group. Oh my God!
8: I am
7: such. I have always been such a huge fan of Caracalla. They
0: are amazing. They, yeah,
7: because you know I think arts is so important in our in our region. I think in anywhere in the world, I don't think there's any community or any society that's going to progress or evolve if there's if there isn't art Uh, and uh, theater in particular and dance uh, plays a very important part. I mean, you know that dancing is is a part of our identity. Absolutely. So we can't erase it. You know, we, we, our Arab women love to dance, you know, <laughs> so it needs to be, it needs to be there in a healthy, beautiful way and not like, you know, in a derogatory sure. way, you know. But,
0: but you chose to actually film a documentary I did. about the Karakalla dance group. Yeah, wow. yeah, I did. So,
7: <laughs> so I've always been a fan since I was very young and I would come in and out of their studios, taking classes every now and then. And I was friends with Elissad Karakalla and I decided to go on, they were doing this tour for the Beta Dean Festival right. uh, for the opening of Beta Dean Festival. So I traveled with them to Ukraine and to Rome and oh, wow. watched all of their pr- pr- their entire process from making their set design to selecting, casting their dancers nice. to uh, their press conferences to all of that, and uh, and then we started editing it. Um, and then so now it's still it's still in the works. It's still with Karakel, It's up to uh, Ivan Karakalit now to release the wow. documentary. But so, it was so the such footage, an
0: honor. The footage has already been shot. And, yeah,
7: it's and been of, shot wow. and it's, yeah, it's been documented and it's, it's, it's it actually would make a really fantastic documentary I about Kerekela. So.
0: and I don't think there's been any really made. Yeah. Um, and so the, the fact that it's a household name in the Arab world, but I think Absolutely. even people in the West would love to, to see such a documentary. I agree with and you. Uh, perhaps uh, attend their performances. I agree um, with you.
7: <laughs> I hope the Kerekela family hears that I think it's do it. Inshallah, <laughs> yes, let's put, let's put a shout
0: out to, to them uh, and, uh, and Uh, to you. Thank you for for all you you do, uh, Nadia. So uh, before I let you go today, I just wanted to um, give you a chance perhaps to address this issue that we have touched upon several times during this interview and before this interview, which is one of the main concerns of my show, and that is you know, the state of the Arab world today, Mm -hmm. in terms not only of the political, which we hear about, uh, ranging Mm -hmm. from ISIS to whoever, Mm -hmm. whatever group is fighting, Mm -hmm. but in the state of this Unity, perhaps, that is yeah. happening. I think a show like Alam Nawaim certainly gives you that much needed boost, that optimism, that look mm-hmm. at these women getting along from yeah. different backgrounds and different ages. Mm-hmm. And in a way, that functions as a mini uh, archetype or uh, for, a, uh, uh, for an Arab world that perhaps could follow that, you know, yeah. with no regard to or no privileges in regards to religion or sect or family name. Um, I would love your sort of uh, opinion on how you see the Arab world today and perhaps with an emphasis on women Mm -hmm. um, and if you are optimistic about what's Mm -hmm. to come.
7: Thank you for asking me if I'm optimistic. Because I, I was going to start off saying um, I, I always have to be optimistic because if I'm not, then I just then I think I just give up. As you know, <laughs> which is like, I'm just going to yeah. give up and you, and right. you don't and want to roll be jaded. Like that, yeah, no. and be jaded about you know the the potential of our our future in the Middle East. Um, so I so I try to stay optimistic. Um, I think it's very easy to become uh, to become as you said jaded, and it's very easy to become. Discouraged mm-hmm. uh, with all of this, um, with all this news and all this heart heart wrenching news. But I think if you focus on your circle of influence and what you can change, and what me, me Nadia, what can I do to change? There are certain things that I can't change. I can't change the fact that you know, Sisi is president in Egypt, or that uh, you know that I, you know there are you know entities that fund ISIS. I can't change that. Right. What I can change, what my circle of influence is, are the people around me and potential initiatives that I can start that could Potentially be positive for my Society so anything that I can Change like through my show mm-hmm. um, If I can talk about things that are positive That could bring a smile to to Arab women's faces that could That could make them more optimistic that would Make them go out and say you know what we're going To spend t- we're going to make tomorrow a better day t- Than today right. then that's my Circle of influence that's what I can do to to Help my community yes. so I'll try to Focus on that and not get myself bogged down On things that I can't control yeah. because Then you know then you no, just
0: be stuck I, I, there you, and you are every every episode. You're you're raising consciousness. You're giving young people who are watching this, even children, sort of an idea that I can be like Nadia Ahmad one day. I can do this. I can change the <laughs> so world. I can and, be a leader. Inshallah. Yeah. Uh, so, but but in terms of the the stereotype, I mean, how do you yeah. respond? And I'm sure you might have heard this in your travels. Right. You know, when people say, "Oh, you know, Arab women—they're all uh, oppressed. Uh, mm-hmm. There, it's very difficult for an Arab woman to have yeah. an opinion, and yeah. uh, and all this." And yeah. you sort of maybe out stereotype. Not that they don't exist altogether, but in terms of sort of generalizing and making this yeah. a typical woman, yeah. you're a shining example of an Arab woman.
8: Oh,
7: thanks.
0: How would you respond you. to those, um, you know?
7: I think, I mean, I think now there's there's a bit more of, um, of an awareness th- as to what Arab, I think the world is getting smaller as we speak, like um, just through social media, through all sorts of media, like uh, people are watching videos from our region, just on their Facebook, people are getting I, an idea of what, so I feel like the world is getting smaller, there's becoming more of an awareness and, and less of an ignorance as to who we are and what we are. Now, in terms of a stereotype, there is going to be a stereotype mm-hmm. and I think that's that, that that exists everywhere, it's prejudice, you know, and prejudice sort of exists everywhere, right. um, against race, against colour, against gender, against uh, you know, against uh, Arabs and nationality, uh, but I think slowly and with things like this, with, with uh, wonderful opportunities and artistic and cultural exchange, I think we can make the world a more um, celebratory place. Right. and not. To, I don't like to use the word tolerance, because tolerance means you'll just tolerate it. Right. I'd rather embrace and accept and, yeah, and, accept and celebrate our differences right. and and really enjoy the fact that we're all different, and that we have different traditions and we have different what's it called, because how boring would the world be if we were all the same? Right. If we were all Joe Schmo or, or <laughs> Jane Doe, you know? Exactly. <laughs> it would be too
0: boring. Exactly. And also, I mean, you know, just at, at, at the last point. In terms of the hijab or the veil, you know, there's this discourse that centers on the veil, you know, and we could go on forever speaking about it, which is a very interesting topic. But uh, we also should note, you know, to our listeners, especially in America, that there are so many Muslim women, uh, you being a shining example, who chooses not to wear the veil and who still identifies as Muslim, right? Absolutely. Yes, I do
7: identify as Muslim. I do not wear the veil. Um, uh, But um, I I do acknowledge the right of every uh, Muslim woman to to um, To right. wear the veil because that's her rights. right. That's her relationship with God. Yeah. My relationship with God uh, uh, is uh, is a little bit different. I believe that I feel him uh, anytime I give back to my community. Anytime nice. Nice. I uh, what's it called? I feel like I'm. Pr- that's that's a form of prayer for me. Uh, when you know when you show a random act of kindness, when you pay it forward to me, that's prayer. Uh, so every pe- person prays in a different way, and I think um, I think uh, live and let live. And I think we should all just embrace the fact that there are some really cool looking hijabi women no, here in the U.S., by the way. Can I just give a, a shout
9: out to all the hijabi women
7: who are rocking it yes. fashion-wise in their careers, in their right. studies? Oh, my God. And it, and and it, and it fills me with so day. much pride. Yeah. 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 It fills me with so much yeah. pride to see all of these educated hijabi women representing women the right way. Uh, and and I love it, you know, and good good on them. And I hope there's, th- and I think they have that kind of feeling, too. I think hijabi women really appreciate. That they respect the right of, an, of a Muslim woman to not be exactly. muhajjaba, exactly. and I think that's fine. I am yeah. so
0: glad you said this, and I'm sure many of our uh, uh, women here, our young women who are studying at Stanford and who choose to wear the hijab on campus, yeah. are always telling me this. You know, it's not they don't want to be judged what's on their head, but rather yeah. what's in their, head. in their head. Nadia Ahmed, it has been an amazing experience <laughs> to speak to you and, uh, and speak been with you and share, you, share your thoughts with the world. We are really looking forward. Enough. To to December now. Yeah, you're and, definitely uh, coming. I guess it's a little too early to get tickets. I'll yeah. be in the control, okay. needless to say. But uh, but it is December 10 to 20. The play is called We Made Bread. It's a yeah. one-woman show featuring yes. uh, Nadia Ahmad, and it'll be uh, uh, on the website for Arabian Shakespeare uh, f- Festival. But let me tell you, the website is www. Shakes, So s h a k e k e s or just Arabian Google uh, the Arabian Shakespeare, Shakespeare festival. Uh, festival and uh, you'll get more information especially as December 10th uh, comes around we'll all be going to encourage Nadia Ahmed inshallah and supporter العرب بس حتى عربي على الهواء شو رأيك
7: the Bay Area أشكركم لمتابعتكم لمتابعتكم لكلام نواعم و
4: This is Gary Lemko welcoming you to the Music Treasury. Hope you'll join me for great and historic, important moments of classical music by some of the great interpreters, both past and present, right here on KZSU FM 90.1 Stanford University.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's coming up to 1 p.m. right here at KCSU Stanford, 90.1 FM. You're listening to The Herbology Show with yours truly, DJ Ramsey. And uh, you just heard my interview with the one and only Nadia Ahmed, who will be performing in San Francisco between December 10th and 20th, the Thursday through Sunday at the Royce Gallery in San Francisco. And for ticket information, you can always go to www.arabianshakes.com dot org. Get your tickets uh, while they're still there. Ladies and gentlemen, when I return, we're going to be treated not only to some of the most amazing music that I have heard of late, but also to an interview with a musician who is so hard to describe, who is so talented, and who is making such amazing waves musically, not only in the Middle East, but beyond. So stay with me as we listen to this track called She Is. It is from his... Uh, brand new cd called aberrance and uh, when we come back after the track we'll actually be speaking to him his name is Gurmiran, aka miran gurunyan and we'll be speaking to him right after we hear this track from his brand new cd Do you think of that, ladies and gentlemen? It was a track called She's or She Is, and it was taken from uh, Gurmiran's uh, new CD. It is uh, called Aberrance. It's just been released, and it's truly, truly an amazing CD. I'm hoping uh, that I have uh, uh, Miran Gurunyan or Gurmiran with me on the line. Hi, Ramzi. shu
10: <laughs> well, I hope so. That's usually not the case from Beirut <laughs> Well, it sounds like you're with me
0: in the studio We could have lied and said you were right here in San Francisco
10: Oh, that's good. Maybe you have a good audio setup there
0: <laughs> oh, Or maybe you have just that, that good of a voice Because as we heard, uh, that oh, was a track you. called She Is From your latest CD called Aberrance Now let me first introduce you to our listeners here in the Bay Area Do you prefer to go by Gurmiran or Miran Gurunyan?
10: Um, I, well, whatever uh, works for you.
0: but <laughs> right. I love how you combined your last name and your first name into this Gurmiran uh, persona.
10: Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's actually an interesting story, because uh, back in school, I had a professor who used to call me, uh, hey, Guru, ça va, Guru? He was my <laughs> French professor. So it was kind of funny back at the time, and I never thought I'll go back and revisit it in a way, you know? So uh, it works. It gives me, uh, it allows me to kind of, uh, uh, kind of differentiate myself from the artist. Uh, I can be different characters as Guru Miran, and I can write songs differently, perform them differently without having, uh, uh, you know, to actually uh, be that person constantly. So it gives me a certain distance from the artist and I think that's also kind of healthy.
0: Right, right. Absolutely. Now let me tell our listeners that you are an audiophile, a DJ, an audio engineer, a guitarist, a lyricist, a music producer and a songwriter and that you're based in Beirut. Now, are you equally comfortable with any of those hats?
10: Well, uh, I don't know. These are things that I love to do in my life and I keep on doing them. Uh, They they became part of me this is what i do and this is how i live you know so uh i don't i don't know I am who I am. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you are many, many hats, I'll tell you that. So, um, uh, Miron, let me, let me ask you about the album Aberrance. I mean, I heard it and I just have not stopped playing it. It's in my car, it's in my house, it's in the classroom where my Stanford students are listening to it as well. And, oh, that's uh, <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> but it's actually, is it, is it your debut album? It's really your first officially released album? Uh,
10: it's my first album as a solo performance, the first album uh, on which I sing. Uh, on which I write the lyrics and the songs for all the songs, um, alone, kind of. Wow. The, I never thought I'd do something like that because uh, my career was based on working within a band uh, since the early 2000s, and uh, I used to produce artists. I still do do that. I work with other artists and produce Well, it's an interesting story because a year ago, I wanted to stop doing music for a while because it became a bit overwhelming. And uh, but it only lasted for two months. I actually traveled just to get away from the city a bit because, you know, Beirut is kind of overwhelming for all the reasons that we know, you know. So uh, uh, but then when I came back from Berlin, I was so inspired and I started writing songs faster than I could even, you know, like uh, rehearse them. And uh, the idea came to me that maybe some of these songs, I need to just put them out and it's part of me and maybe I could do this adventure for
0: a while. Right, so thank you for coming back and because uh, otherwise <laughs> what would we have done without Aber? In fact you mentioned Berlin and I think that there are influences on this CD from both Be- Beirut and Berlin there's sort of, a, sort of a search for anonymity and a return to roots, that's one of the reviews I read, that you explore fresh sonic possibilities that you combine a variety of musical styles like jazz, guitar with electronic overtones and that you've been compared to such pioneers as Depeche Mode, New Order and Tom York. Now, how do you feel when you hear that?
10: Oh, I, I wish. I, it's it's so flattering. I think I'm a milestones away from these guys. I love what they do. I, I, I am definitely influenced by them and uh, I'm proud to have... Uh, their elements in my music, but I think I'm far away from being close to where they are, uh, whether in the songwriting or their performances, uh, you know, but uh, I do what I do. I love uh, what I'm doing. Uh, definitely Berlin and Beirut, you know, they both inspire in different ways, uh, whether it's good or bad, it, it doesn't matter because they're constantly an inspiration for me. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah a beautiful fusion of East and West there in your song. Yeah, but, but then, of you, course. But then uh, uh, you choose uh, to st- sing in English, which uh, is a little bit, uh, well, not different, but, you know, when people think of you as somebody living in Beirut, Lebanon, they expect some Arabic in the songs. Has that been yeah. sort of a, a, a conscious choice? Is that the language that in which you are more comfortable?
10: Um, it's definitely a language that I'm more comfortable uh, expressing myself in. Uh, pro- also, I grew up listening not only to Arabic music, but uh, obviously to bands like Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, uh, Jimmy Henson, these are my influences, and uh, these are the records that I have, and uh, so I was mainly influenced heavily by uh, British music. So uh, it's it's easier for me to say my words or express my feelings in uh, English. But uh, in the album, you have some pieces in Armenian and in Arabic because also I'm an Armenian artist. I'm a Lebanese Armenian. So right. uh, I have all these influences. I wish one day I would be able to write uh, uh, in Arabic or Armenian. I would love to to do that, definitely, that's uh, on my plan one day, but uh, probably not now, yeah. you know, it's- Be- uh,
0: Sure, because I mean, although the, the lyrics are in, uh, you know, English, certainly there is that feel. I mean, I, I felt some sort of, uh, you know, Lebanese influences and Arabic influences, yeah. and even Armenian influences. In fact, we should tell our listeners that your last name sort of uh, betrays you. <laughs>
8: because, <laughs> yeah, uh, it I does,
0: go, huh? Go to and, <clears throat> and I have to tell you, I grew up with a best friend whose last name was Turigyan, and so I kind of uh, know a little bit of Armenian. I won't, I won't embarrass myself on the air. But uh, are those the <laughs> languages you speak? Arabic, uh, Armenian, and English, and French, I guess, right?
10: Of course, yeah. French, a little bit of Turkish, and a little bit of German.
0: Wow. So. And so you were born and, and raised in Lebanon?
10: Yes, I was born and raised in Beirut uh, during the war, obviously. All <laughs> right. So right. yeah.
0: And, and you witnessed, True. you you witnessed the war. You didn't, you know, your family wasn't one that left uh, like minded.
10: Uh, we actually. Witnessed a couple of wars. Let me put it that way, right? It's right. Uh, it's uh, it's still a war. <laughs> it's still a war zone.
0: <laughs> but do you feel that that this kind of experience sort of informs your music?
10: Uh, of course, it's everywhere in the music, it's in the choice of sounds, it's, it's in the choice of uh, the lyrics, it's in the choice uh, of the music I hear on a daily basis, obviously, you know, uh, you get influenced. Um, it's never a boring, there's never a boring moment in Beirut, you know, uh, even at time of peace you don't have a boring moment, let alone when it's uh, at times of war, so uh, definitely it's an influence. Uh, a lot of my songs are influenced by the events that have been happening in, uh, in Beirut in the past decade, mainly. Uh,
0: and sort of take out that frustration and, and sort of uh, produce it uh, musically perhaps as a healthy outlet.
10: Um, uh, it definitely is. It's a cleansing uh, experience. It's also, uh, I feel that we as artists are lucky because we can actually write and document what's happening around us without having uh, to be kind of uh, political in a way or, or like we don't have to hide feelings. We could just state the facts and what we feel and what's happening around us. And I think it's also so a duty. So uh, whenever I feel I'm inspired by something and I need to write about something that's happening around me, uh, even if it's not about uh, love, because most of the time you have all these events happening, I don't hesitate to put them down because mm-hmm. I feel it's uh, it's important to talk about it, to write about it, to sing about it maybe it might be uh, it might end up with a peaceful outcome you know that's what we seek we all want the same thing we all want water we all want green uh, countries we all want peaceful uh, lives so uh, i think it's pretty much uh, universal yeah inshallah. inshallah god
0: willing so uh, let me turn back to the album and uh, say that it was actually written by you but it was produced by you and somebody that i admire greatly fadi tabbal of course. Uh, so can you tell yeah. me a little bit about that collaboration i mean he's worked with Yum Nasaba and other artists and has made a name for himself. How did the uh, combination here uh, uh, happen? Um,
10: well, you know, I, uh, I knew Fadi since a long time ago. Uh, I actually remember doing uh, his sound for uh, the release of his band back like 10 years ago. Uh, but we never worked together apart from that time. Uh, he was always busy with his projects and I was busy with my project. Uh, when I wanted to do this uh, album, Aberance. I wanted to work with someone that I've never worked with, uh, and I have obviously wanted to work with someone that uh, is inspirational, probably thinks uh, like me in different ways, and uh, Fadi Tabal was uh, kind of a recommendation from a couple of friends, and uh, when we sat down together, it was like we clicked from the first moment, and uh, we recorded this whole album from, co- from concept to actual uh, release in like uh, two months, so it was a real fast process, kind of flawless, Uh, We were so in sync and I was so happy that I made this uh, choice
0: absolutely he's a
10: beautiful person to work with
0: as are you I have to say Miran the combination oh, uh, makes for a beautiful album let's uh, let's tell our listeners who may not know where to get the album where is it available is it on iTunes now or uh, of course can you can again? find
10: it on iTunes def- on uh, as a digital release I'm working on having a physical release mainly a vinyl uh, release nice uh, I'm, I'm going to have it in 2016 uh, in January in Europe and uh, hopefully Hopefully, in mid-2016, I'll be able to have it available in vinyl format in the US. Nice. But so far, you can find it on iTunes stores worldwide, Amazon. You can also stream it on Spotify and all those different streaming uh, channels.
0: And also available through your website of course yes can you tell us the URL and
10: uh, uh, it's gurumiran.com as okay. simple as it
0: well, is that's, that's easy <laughs> to remember we don't even need to jot it down and of course there people can hear um, your uh, the, the album and can actually download it through your website
10: of course and they can also find uh, links to my music video uh, so and obviously links to my uh, performances upcoming ones and past ones so
0: and so what, what is next what is upcoming for you in terms of touring
10: perhaps I was last week in New York for a nice uh, couple of gigs which was a beautiful experience I must say because it was the first time I'm playing the album in the States Um, now I'm back in Beirut uh, doing uh, Cairo uh, on November 25th and doing my vinyl launch in Beirut uh, on December 29th and after which I'll be touring in 2016 uh, European cities starting with Berlin obviously and then moving around a bit. Wow,
0: it is truly amazing to speak with you. I, I could spend all day sort of uh, looking at the album and, and speaking about you uh, with you uh, track by track. Uh, the track that yeah. we began with today was called She Is or She's and, yeah. uh, and I had discussed this with you, we were going to end with uh, the track English Tea. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about that track?
10: Well, it it was a song that I started writing back during the Iraq uh, invasion, uh, 2003- 2004, but the lyrics moved further and further because it was like a domino effect in the whole region with uh, the assassination of the Prime Minister in Beirut and then uh, the 2000 war in Beirut and obviously what came after until the Arab Spring. So the lyrics got uh, a bit more complex as the years went by, so this is one of the oldest songs that was written. And I like to call it English Tea because uh, well, because of the lyrics inside of it. Right,
0: right. I mean, it's, uh, the, the title certainly does not reflect what you're discussing, and I think you're being <laughs> on purpose there, aren't you, anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, so, and, and I just had one la- last question for you before we uh, treat our listeners to the track English Tea from your Aberrance CD, and that is that the CD was made in memory of some somebody named Iman Homsi yes can you uh, do you reject? know
10: Iman uh, Iman uh, Iman Please. is a fabulous uh Anun player she's a major influence on me I've toured with her uh, a lot of cities in the Middle East and also in the states uh, where we used to play together she's one of the brightest Anun players of uh, women uh Anun players she invented the 10 techniques 10 finger techniques oh, on wow. the instrument itself oh, so nice. uh and yeah she she was amazing she used to also be Feyreau's Uh, Feirouz's favorite Anon player, she always performed with Iman, Uh, and uh, actually uh, about a year and a half, two years ago, uh, she passed away after fighting cancer, bravely, I must say, for about four or five years, and uh, it was such an inspiration to see her keep faith in life and music, uh, and keep on writing songs and recording songs, even in her direst moments, and I wanted to dedicate this album... Uh, to her because because of the beautiful soul that she was and the inspiration wow. that she was she, that she was to me.
0: And look at you keeping her memory alive through the music and through your your new CD. For that we thank you. And and for this amazing interview, Miran, honestly it was uh, one of the most uh, fun interviews I have uh, conducted. <laughs> and you did it live oh, on the that. air, sir. There was no chance for you to to edit anything you said. So uh, that's uh, <laughs> and you did it beautifully. Thank you for being so classy, so wonderful, so cooperative and. So talented. We love having you here on the Arabology show.
10: It's so kind, Ramsey, your words. Really. Thank you. And we're going to
0: leave the listeners with English tea. Sit back and let the music come to you. This is KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. <laughs>
6: I'd like to know the God to whom you pray. I'd like to watch your act on a dying prey. I'd like to break your face for every lie. I'd bet you stand standing there still, wondering why. of oils, souls, jewels, and clay. I'd like to know you more when you're alone at night. You can take off your coat with your daily disguise. I'd like to ask you how you put on a smiley face. On a cup of an English tea, you burn an entire race. I'd like to feel the hate you're nesting inside, the desire to wage war's your symbol of pride.
0: you think of that? That was a track called English Tea. It was taken from a new CD called Aberrance, and Aberrance is a CD that was released by the one and only Gurmiran, a.k.a. Miran Gurunyan, who actually was on the air with me live uh, before the song, all the way from Lebanon. I want to say shukran, merci, and thank you for taking the time to uh, go on the air right here on Arabology despite uh, a very busy touring schedule and the launching of the CD.
5: Doctors Without Borders delivers emergency aid to victims of armed conflicts epidemics and natural and man-made disasters and to others who lack health care due to social or geographical isolation they provide primary health care perform surgery resupply hospitals and clinics run nutrition and sanitation programs train local medical personnel and provide mental health care. If you'd like more information about how you can help support Doctors Without Borders, please visit www.doctorswithoutborders.org.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, the next leg of our journey will begin with an artist who is no stranger to the Arabology Show. She has just released a brand new album. And uh, last on the last episode, we played one of the tracks from that album to great uh, response by our listeners. So great, in fact, that I figured we should play another track from the album. Now, her name is Therese Sleiman. The album is called Zahri or in English, Almond Blossom. We heard a song uh, on the last episode episode called uh, Snoring Moon from that album. Uh, this week, I'm going to feature a song called Tiji Nehlam," and uh, that translates as Will You Come Dream? Now, the album is uh, a collaboration between Therese Lehmann, Yazan Ibrahim, and uh, other musicians, uh, mainly who are uh, from the band Toot Ard, who come from all the way from the Golan Heights. Uh, and all of them got together and released the CD, Almond Blossom, which is a musical journey. Its home is the skies, and Earth is simply a station. So join the journey. That's taken from the description to their CD. Now, the song Will You Come Dream is a beautiful, beautiful one indeed. Well, let's see if we can look at the lyrics a little bit here. In English uh, translation, uh, uh, that says, I left my hand hanging on the edges of his sweater, and then I fell asleep. A sleeping gazelle surrounded by cherries and tears I cried your smell, your aroma, still on the pillow before you left me behind. Oh, my gazelle, come back to me. I'll make my skin your home. Beautiful uh, lyrics there by Lehmann, the singer and the lyricist, as well as, of course, the composer, along with Yazan Ibrahim. In Arabic, tarakt idim bitraf gazal bilkaraz gazal Minjildi, bait, here she is. Da isleman, Dijinlam, where you come dream.
9: how i am
1: Mbarabli, sign. You know
8: معلم
1: معلم is Timmy Top, I'm a Hey,
4: Is there an
0: Stanford 90.1 FM. And the song you've been listening to, ladies and gentlemen, is just a sample from Mashru Alayla's brand new release. It's actually not been officially released yet, I think, except on certain websites. And uh, it's called the uh, Marawirwe, which translates as Commandos. Magawir is the new single from Masro Leila, uh, the Lebanese band who is uh, changing uh, the music scene not only in uh, Lebanon and the Middle East, but also worldwide. They were just in uh, San Francisco, in fact, sold out at... Uh, in concert in San Francisco at the Great American Music Hall. Boy, uh, I was uh, able to attend and just could not believe the diverse audience that uh, attended this amazing show. They were just spectacular, and, of course, they're on their North American tour now. So I guess they're going back to New York and then uh, uh, Europe and uh, who knows uh, when... uh they're gonna appear next. Hopefully they'll be back in California. And uh, their upcoming album is called Ibn Lil. layl And uh, that album has not been released yet, but watch for it, because if it's anything like their previous albums, it's bound to be a masterpiece. And uh, if you'd like to hear my interview with the uh, lead singer from Mashrou' Leila, Hamid Sinno, then go to soundcloud.com slash and you'll find my interview with him, which was conducted by telephone while he was in Boston before he came to San Francisco. So that interview sort of speaks about the San Francisco uh, concert, which I so proudly attended. Shukran to Hamid Sinno and to Mashrou' Leila for that. And here are some of the lyrics: Now the last two words you heard there: are is the capital of the night, and that refers to Beirut. The song is actually quite catchy, but it also has sort of political undertones in that it narrates a possible version of two shootings that took place in Beirut within the same week, both of which resulted in the deaths of two young victims, each of whom was out celebrating their birthday. Tragic events sort of commemorated in this melancholic yet uh, very uh, powerful style by the group Michelle Mashroo from Lebanon. Ladies and gentlemen, before Mashroo Alayla, we heard uh, an amazing track there by a Moroccan artist whose name is Saad Limjarrid. Now, he is kind of alternative but has uh, had so much success that I guess he's been appropriated by the mainstream music scene. Uh, nevertheless, the song was called Intam Alim. and he, uh, to tell you about Saad Limjarrid, he's a Moroccan singer and occasional actor who was born in 1985 in Rabat in Morocco and uh, he uh, sort of uh, made a name for himself within the music scene in Morocco and is actually very well known and very well loved uh, worldwide and especially in the Arab world and in 2013 he released an album which was called uh, Wala Alek and that same year he released two more, one is uh, called Selena and the other one is Inti And so, uh, from the album Inti I'm sure people will remember the song Inti Baghia Wahid and of course then in uh, 2013 he had another huge hit called Malul Habibi Malu and uh, that song actually garnered over 80 million views on YouTube in no time so uh, if you enjoyed it that was Saad Jadid again it was called Inta Alim and you know we began the set with Piri Sleiman the amazing voice and that beautiful song called Tiji Nihlam now the next song I'm going to bring you right here on the Aerobology Show is called the Farmer's Dining Table. And it's by a group named Tanjarit it's from their CD called uh, 180 Degrees. And Tanjari Daghat is derived from the Arabic term from pressure pot, which is in essence expresses the sentiment on a social level which the youth and the world are facing at this very moment. Tanjari Daghat came to life in 2008 and it is the brainchild of the lean singer and bass player Khaled Omran. It is composed of three musicians, Tariq Khuluqi who is a guitarist and backing uh, vocalist, Danny Shukri, the drummer, and of course Khaled Omran. Tanjarit Dagget uh, defines themselves as an expression of everything they have experienced and that they have stored within their psyche. So let's listen to uh, a beautiful uh, track of theirs called Farmer's Dining Table. It is from the album 180 Degrees. And again, the group is called Tanjarit Daggett. See So what do you think of that, ladies and gentlemen? Was that a blast from the past or what? Actually a group named Dalton and the song was called Alish and it's been revived and resurrected by Habibi Funk. So there you go. It's uh, Habibi Funk is dedicated to releasing Arabic music from the 70s and the 80s and uh, the, the group uh, Dalton is a Tunisian band that kind of made waves back in their day on vinyl and I love the fact that uh, they are being resurrected uh, all the way back from 1968. Anyway, there we go. That was a nice sort of surprise uh, journey back in time. I urge everybody to stay tuned because right after this show, you have got Party Time with Scott, an amazing, amazing show. And uh, Scott is right here and he has some amazing treats for you. I'm gonna leave you today with a track uh, by Maurice Luca. It's called Ben Hayel Babagan, which translates as salute to the parrot. And Maurice Luca is one of the most exciting artists in the alternative music scene. Across the Arab world today, and uh, he worked for two years on this CD called Menhail Babaran, and uh, it uh, has amazing collaborations in there from across Europe and the Arab world. He is inspired by many influences, from psychedelic to Egyptian shabi. So uh, let's uh, say goodbye. Thank you and shukran to everybody for joining me today as we uh, listen to uh, Menhail Babaran. Salute to the parrot and salute to everybody out there who's listening listening. listening to KZSU Stanford 90.1 FM. This is DJ Ramsey signing off.